when you look at litter size, you can sometimes maybe get a little bit too excited about a change over one year versus the next. And realistically, you need to look at over a number of years, so kind of three, four, five years. And then you get a real profile of, you know, is your litter size actually rising or is it holding steady or even in some cases, is it declining? Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Opicast, the Chaga Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. Now, this week's episode, we catch up with Dr. Frank Campion to get an update on the Better Farm Sheep Flocks. We discuss everything from this year's scanning results to dealing with issues and benchmark on performance, to talking about your condition on the farms are scanning and some practical steps farmers can take to manage this. We finish up discussing grass supplies and preparing for lambing as well as culling problematic yews. Yeah, Kieran. so all the, the, the lowland flocks have, have scanned the yews. Most of them would have scanned in early January and into mid-January. And I suppose when we did the pregnancy scan on the yews, we also condition scored the yews at the same time. And I suppose with those two, two bits of data and along with silage analysis and, and concentrate samples now, they have a good plan in place for the run-up to lambing time. Frankly, most of them flocks, their lambing kind of start of March on into mid-March, I suspect, for most of them. Yeah, so the most of our flocks are going to be around, the, you know, starting around the 10th of March. We have a couple of flocks that will be early March, and then we have one or two flocks that are going to be kind of Patrick's Day onwards as well. So very representative, I suppose, of what you'd see on most mid-season lowland lambing flocks. Yeah, no, it's, it's typical of us. Look, Frank, there's been a bit of a change around in the flocks in recent years. You have a lot of newer flocks coming into it. Maybe you'll just take us through the scans for us. Like, what were they like this year? Yeah, so look here, I think anything when we talk about the better farmers in this program and their scans, and it's no more probably than when I talk to you about lamb growth rates and grass growth rates and things like that, you know, we have a profile of farmers. So we have some farmers who've been in the program a number of years and they have a very defined breeding plan and farm plan. And we have some farms who we've just started with and there's lots of changes going on in the background of the flock. So that can influence litter size and influence the overall scanning performance. But I think by and large, looking across the flocks, you know, most of the scan rates are very good for the type of flocks, the breeding profile that's there, etc. And most will have been happy with it. You know, some of the flocks are up a little bit and some of the flocks are down a little bit based on last year. But I think the one thing we've seen over the years with the better farmers and uh, the flocks in the program is, you know, when you look at litter size, you can sometimes maybe get a little bit too excited about a change over one year versus the next and realistically, you need to look at over a number of years, so kind of three, four, five years. And then you get a real profile of, you know, is your litter size actually rising or is it holding steady or even in some cases, is it declining? You know, so what we can see in some of the flocks is that, you know, they're maybe 0 0.05, 0 0.1 of a difference plus or minus from last year. But when we look at the five year average, we can see that the trend is actually trending upwards compared to where they would have started. Or maybe in some of those flocks where they have a very consistent breeding policy for the last four or five years. What we're seeing is why they might be up or down 0.1 year on year. Their trend is quite steady. So they're staying around that figure the whole time, which is what their target would have been and what we'd be hoping to do. I suppose the the second figure that, you know, apart from later size, is probably the one we all get excited about. The other figure is the pregnancy rate figure. And that's maybe ne nearly more important in ways. So Frank, in some ways, like the later size, obviously the breeding program is going to have a big impact on that. Your condition and weight as you went into tipping this year had an effect on as well so there's a short term influence in terms of management but the longer term effects are there to be seen as well I suppose frankly just the other key figure that comes out with the overall pregnancy rate in those flocks this year how did that stack up? Yeah so the, the overall pregnancy rate in some ways Kieran, is, is nearly as important if not more important than the actual litter size so overall the pregnancy you know, the target for a lowland mid-season lamb and flock would be to have 95% of the oils that went to the ram in lamb and higher so for the flocks, the vast majority of them are hitting the 95% plus. 
we have one or two flocks where we're slightly below that. We're at 92 and 93 in two respective cases. So while not very far off the target, still cause for investigation. And I suppose what we've seen with this figure is, you know, where yours are in reasonable condition score, you know, and things are managed correctly at bait time, that 95% is very readily achievable. And what we can sometimes see is, yeah, you will have a year where you might dip down a bit below that. You know, look at some flocks, it can be a, an issue of just the numbers. You know, maybe if you have a smaller flock, one or two or three extra MTOs by chance could make the pregnancy rate figure look bad. But I suppose the key thing is when you are less than that 95%, is it does have to be investigated. Because what we've seen over the years with some of the flocks where we've had abortion issues and other flock health issues that have led to, to problems within the flock is often the pregnancy rate figure can be a very early indicator of that. So while you might be, you know, seeing your, looking at your pregnancy rate this year, seeing it 92 or 93, so nah, it's not that far off to 95, you know, next year that could be lower again. And if we start looking into that problem now, we might be able to get out ahead of it. And I think we had a very good example of that with John O'Connell when he spoke with the National Sheep Conferences two weeks ago, you know, that when, before he got his abortion storm for the year or two previously, he could see the pregnancy rate starting to slowly drop. Look, it should be a flag there for anyone, particularly animals buying in stock. If that has dropped, you know, look, I acknowledge we had a bad bike and we'll come on to the condition score story in a minute, but you are right, like, it, it's something we need to act on. So maybe taking that cohort of Tinoyos and some of them flocks, I know you said you're doing a bit of follow-up work with some of them, and just looking, was there an abortive agent or what was the other reasons why? Something, exactly. Look, it, it could be the basic, it could just be as basic as condition and the fact that they were back and just repeat it. But, you know, it, it's worth going back through them empties. Exactly. It could be something very basic here and it could be something as simple as that. But at the same time, why not investigate it and be sure of that? You know, the best answer you can get is it was that or that there's no problem there. But, you know, now is a good time. If you have a couple of those tenor yos and they're empty, you know, submit them to the RVL, get a postmortem on them and see is there an underlying issue there that needs to be addressed. Equally, if you have one or two abortions in the run up to lambing time, get those lambs get the placenta into the local RVL and get a diagnosis on it to make sure that there's no abortive agent there or something underlying that's causing the issue that you can get out ahead of and get on top of early. Like I said, you might get back an answer that there's nothing there. Brilliant. Might be something simple like you said, a condition score issue, a bit of bad luck, but at least you'll know. Yeah, no, I think it's so important. Something we covered in the previous podcast with Seamus Fagan. It's, it's time well spent, so it is investigating those issues. Look, the other thing that cropped up this year was condition score. We've talked about this multiple times last year. Um, I, I know you had spoke about at meeting time the condition was back in the flocks. It's something I think, Frank, you, you've put a lot more effort into with the farmers this year in terms of monitoring as well. What's happened on the farms since meeting? You, like you've recorded condition score again. Has it changed much? What were the kind of big issues you've seen? Yeah, so you're right, Kieran. We, do, we have talked about condition score a good bit. And, you know, I think... It's probably something that has uh, we all know has a big influence on flock performance, but we probably are not great at monitoring it or correctly following it along. Um, so I suppose this year, with that in mind with the, the farmers in the programme, we, we as we'd always done, we went out at mating time and condition scored the O's. But we've also now went out at the mid-pregnancy point and condition scored those O's again. And we'll be going out a couple of more times during the year to see where is condition score standing. And what we've seen with the flocks is, by and large across the board, most of the flocks have seen a small drop in condition. So I suppose to explain this slightly better is the one thing we all look at straight away is the average body condition score. And the average body condition score is a dangerous figure because it can either look very good or very bad, but it can hide the real story. So the actual figure I suppose we look at most with the farmers have talked about is how many O's are in a less than body condition score three. And the reason we kind of say less than body condition score three is, you know, if you owe a body condition score three, at least she'll have enough condition there that she'll be able to mobilize reserves after lambing to produce milk for the lambs. 
once she starts going below that, the amount of reserves she has to mobilize her milk production are getting smaller and smaller, and you're having a big impact on her performance and ultimately your lamb's performance in their early life when they're most efficient. So when we looked at this mating, as you said, the condition was back a little, not unsurprising given the year that we've had and the year that we had, sorry, last year. I suppose we went out to the lads, we did it all again. And what we saw is that for some of the flocks, they lost a small bit on average. And when we looked at the amount of yos that were less than body to score three, there was a, you know, kind of a three to 6% rise in that. So an extra few yos that were showing up less than body to score three. Not unsurprising, you know, winter conditions, yos and being outdoors in a lot of cases, we would expect a, expect a small slippage in that. Those thinner yos are identified. They are now getting extra feeding when in the run-up to lambing to make sure that they don't lose any extra condition on top of what they have. But I suppose for a couple of the flocks, we saw a big drop in condition scores. We saw them losing a quarter of a condition score or so on average. And that meant that we were seeing maybe 10 to 20% more yos in that less than three category. So that was highlighting another issue going on in the flock. You know, so in some cases, it was feeding management. Horse has bolted for this year, but we've addressed the issue. We know now for next year, things have to be different. And in one particular case, it highlighted a, an underlying flock health issue that's now been identified and there's a plan in place to manage. And I suppose for those flocks, it's very similar to the other ones. The tinnery O's are now going to be managed separately or managed differently to try and make sure that there's not any extra condition lost off them. I think, look, it just highlights two very important points. That condition score loss, by and large, Frank, a lot of them farms is going to happen anyway. And as you indicated there, it, it's not necessarily the average. It's it's the extremities of that average. It's the vulnerable yos are losing more condition. The other ones are going to have problems with coming into lamb. And the ones that are thinner going out, the ones that might lose lambs, the ones that certainly don't milk as well. They're going to be there in flocks. So by actually going in and just spending that little bit of time scoring, and it doesn't take that long. You could identify them as you indicated there. It's managing them separately now. Yeah, it's not a big job to condition score. I know it sounds like a big job and we're all guilty of walking into the shed or walking into the field, particularly in, they're in the shed and they're nice and dry and the wool is puffed out and we say, they're looking well. But you have to put your hand through the wool and that is the only way you condition score them and you feel along the top of their, their spine and the horizontal bones coming out from the spine between the last rib and the hip bone. And that'll tell you whether they're in good condition or bad condition. And as I've talked about, I'm sure some of your other contributors talked about, you know, the sharper that is, the less condition they're in. And basically for those thinner yos, then, as you said, they're going to be the ones that will most likely cause the problems as we run up to lambing, during lambing time, and particularly after lambing. You know, and they're going to be the ones that are probably going to be those underperforming lambs and we're wondering what happened and we're looking at all sorts of other issues. It could be, you know, in some cases, that's linked back to the condition score. So for, for managing them, and it can sound like we're making things very complicated, you know, for most lads, it's a case that we look at if there's a, yo, a twin bear in yo and she's below the condition score three, she's gone in with the triplets. So she's getting that extra little bit of feed. She's not going to suddenly turn into a fat yo. All you'll do is you'll stop uh, that condition burning off or losing any more condition before she goes out after lambing. You know, and it'll, it'll just try and help the problem a little bit along. You know, and I think even a small thing like that can make a big difference. You're cutting down some of the problems. And you said there, it can just be as simple as moving them up a feeding group. So it's not it's not a case of having to actually find an extra pin for them. No, just exactly. Keep, you don't have keep, to overcomplicate it. Keep it simple them. and just upgrade it. Yeah, exactly. Keep it simple. And look, at it. it's probably like most things, Kieran, with, with pre-lamb and nutrition. We probably focus on the very complicated part of it first without getting the simple things right. And it's the same thing here. It's something as simple as just putting her up a level on the feeding and that'll help the problem along. Look, Frank, in more general terms, uh, all of them at this stage, there's meal being introduced. They're all focused on a high-quality ration leading in. Um, what else is happening on the farms at the moment in terms of prep just leading into lambing? 
Yeah, so look at the prep leading into Lamin, as you said, they're all feeding. I suppose the one comment on the feeding this year, and once again links back to last summer, while there's some very good quality silages on the flocks as a group and as an average across the flocks, it is slightly lower quality than last year. And I suppose that's a nature of the, the problems we saw last summer. Um, so that silage has been tested. The feeding plans are in place with that. I suppose you know those plans are kind of in place at the minute. So at the minute... Now it's kind of getting ready for that after lambing period. So they're doing the opening grass covers, see what grass is there, what sort of winter growth have we had. There'll be another grass cover done immediately before lambing and that'll see, give us an assessment of where we are, if we need to take action like supplementing after lambing. At the moment, it looks like we'll be okay. But like I said, for all the flocks, it'll be the, the second cover right before lambing. It'll really tell that story. I suppose plans have been made then for, for early fertilizer for the for the conventional farmers. You know, and while not in its spread yet, it's about getting organised and being ready to go when conditions allow. And I'm sure Phil will be on some stage and talk a lot more eloquently, eloquently than me about it. But the key thing for the lads is that they're ready to go to get it out when they can so that they get the best response out of it. And for most lads, that target will be to have something out if conditions allow before lambing time. Because once lambing starts, it gets very busy and it gets very hard to get out doing any other jobs like that. And it'll be important that there's some bit of nitrogen out, particularly for that second rotation, have some grass coming back to them. And I suppose the last thing on the preparation here in the more immediate is, you know, just making sure that they're, they're set up for lambing. So rather than having the first five or six yards lamb down and realising they don't have, you know, enough iodine, they don't have pens set up, they don't have a pen for the pet lamb set up, you know, getting all those things organised and sorted now in the kind of quite weeks before lambing is what's kind of on the, the lad's agenda at the minute. So at least then when they start lambing, they're ready to go. And it, you know, sounds a simple thing, but it's amazing. You know, if you can get off to a good start and you're not panicked trying to get everything sorted, it just makes everything feel a bit smoother when you get to the really busy point of it. Now, well, like this, look at it. I suppose the common team of us draw one from Everton. You said a bit of preparation in advance. It, it's it's going to have a knock on consequence on everything we do. So, all that stuff is very important. Get it out of the way now, get it in place early. It takes some of the pressure off as we head into Lamont. Exactly, yeah. Proper prior planning, as one of our former better farmers you say. He had the rest of that phrase, but I, I leave that for him. But, you know, the ball said peas in it, but the rest might be suitable for a podcast. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be suitable for your audience, Kieran. But no, it's, uh, it is about pro- a bit of planning. And look, we've talked, you know, previously, Kieran, and you've seen some stuff about the better farmers, you know, about getting yours in good conditions so that we have plenty of, and having plenty of rams so that we lamb down quickly and that we're not the whole spring in the lambing shed and that we have a nice compact lamb and will it for that to work and for that to go well is to have it set up so that, you know, when you do start lambing, you're able to hit the ground running. You know, so, you know, for some of these flocks in the high litter sizes, some of that will come back down to how, you know, simple things like having the the, the, the lamb feeder set up in time so that when they do start having a few pets, they can just throw them onto it and get it going and that you're not wasting time or, you know, having extra yos and extra lambs knocking about where, where, you, where the pressure comes on. You know, having enough pens, you know, so having a, as many individual individual pens that you can, you know, having a water supply for them, having your lime and your straw ready to go as well. So, Frank, like the, the other thing that'll happen as we head into Lamb now is we tend to see some of the problem cases, whether it be small amounts of prolapse or just different issues, lameness in the shed. Those are things we really want to try and minimise if we're possible. Yeah, exactly, Karen. So some of them we can minimise now in our management and making sure we have enough feed space, in making sure we have enough floor space, making sure our feeding management is right, etc. But I suppose the other side of that is to think ahead to next year. So if we do have problem yos, prolapse, you know, yos at one spin, bad mothers that we, you know, that have, you know, you know, poor poor milk quality stuff like that, is to actually mark them and make sure that they don't show up again next year. You know, so one of the things the better farmers will do is obviously they'll record them under handhelds. But the second thing they'll do is they'll get a batch of management tags 
what we call cold tags and they're just red tags they're about 10 cents i think to buy and if there's a yo there that has a problem that's going to be called that tag will be put in the ear so at least then when they're letting them up to the race they'll quickly be able to identify them at weaning time and pull them yos off and make sure that they're not ending up back in the system again a simple investment a very worthwhile one though oh exactly yeah and look at it i think any of the farmers have done it i've never said it was a bad idea because those tips and tricks are not going to make it easier look frank good getting that update from you today appreciate you coming on no problem thanks Karen. That's it for me for this episode. You can keep up to date with uh, Better Farm Flocks in the Chuggers Sheep newsletter and on the Chuggers website. That's it for me for this episode. We're updates from our sheep program. Keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chuggers Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us for more episodes.